This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, can Dundee prevail against Kelly and return to the Premiership? Shankland, Seagrest and Mellon, a seismic summer ahead for United. And the Scotland squad dissected. Hello and welcome to another edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Callum Woodger and as ever I'm joined by George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan is here with us as well. Hello everyone, good to be back. Bear, how's the weather? Yep. We didn't do it last week, I need to know. I know, we're completely overlooked that Callum. Um, so yeah, this week is, is, is nice and bright at the moment but um, I'm reliably informed that there are heavy shivers on the way so if you've got your washing out... I would get it in in the next half hour or so because it's going to get drenched. They're coming from the west. Don't worry about that. It's absolutely pouring down here. I was going to say, like, it's good having you now living in the Aero, George, because you can sort of supplement <laughs> Bear's weather forecast before what's coming because it's all coming in from the west when we're in Dundee here. You know, we don't get anything coming in from the east, Julie. So it's, a, um, it's coming your way. Absolutely. Some bad stuff coming, don't worry. And it's not just on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, don't. Uh, don't, don't give it a chance, it Give oh, it a chance. <laughs> Deary me. Let's let Deary it develop. Me. It's actually quite a, I'd say it's quite a positive podcast we've got coming up for yeah. for the listeners today. We're going we're gonna to start it with Dundee and that's not what you'd usually uh, you know, associate the word positive with Dundee Football Club, to be honest with you, um, in recent seasons anyway, but um, they're through to the, the Premiership playoff final. They take on Kilmarnock, who, who finished second bottom of the top flight. Um, on Thursday night at Dens. Um, George, you'll be looking forward to that one. There's going to be fans there, crucially. Um, how do you think James McPake said are going to get on? Will they be able to do enough to, to beat Kelly over two legs and get back to the Premiership? I think they can. Obviously, a lot of stuff has to go their way. They're quite clearly the underdogs, the way, the way these playoffs are going to weighted in favour of the Premiership team. But they've got the... The kind of weapons in their squad to do some damage. And Kilmarnock's... One thing that I would take heart from is Kilmarnock's recent form and try to keep the ball out of their own net hasn't been particularly good. Uh, they're struggling for a goalkeeper. Um, and Even uh, even some Mirren managed to score, what, six goals against them in two games? <laughs> six goals in two games, yep. Yeah. Your, your side isn't known for scoring too many goals, but... Um, no, I think they've... I think they've given themselves a, a right good chance. Obviously, they lost the last game at, against Wraith, but it didn't really matter in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but they're on a good run. They're looking much harder to beat than they have done throughout the entire season. Really, um, I think I think it's really key that they get their players back. Fit Jordan Marshall and Liam Fontaine. Getting Fontaine back would obviously move, give the chance to move uh, John McGee back into midfield where he's. This season, obviously, become almost irreplaceable. Yeah, especially what he did against Wraith. Um, I think they need need them back in their in their positions. Uh, John Marshall's been excellent at left back, uh, and obviously, he's naturally left sided, which is all, always handy for for the balance and stuff. And, and they need one of the, I would say one of the strikers, whether it's Cummings or Osman, so one of them to really be on it and, and to step up. Uh, they've shown all throughout the season, the two of them, that uh, they can do that. And they've scored some big goals and then some really good goals, but they maybe don't do it every week. That's that's maybe a fair thing to say. Uh, Cummings obviously up front of his own. Sometimes needs a, 
a bit of help. Mm-hmm. And and so you, so is such a talented player, but sometimes you, you can tell he's just not quite quite on form. Uh, so I, did, I think they need the, Dundee need a lot to go their way. They need everyone to be right in their game. But I don't think they should really have much fear of Kilmarnock. They've obviously got some really talented players like Kyle Lafferty and stuff, but Dundee should be going into this game full of confidence and thinking they can do it. Yeah, but how much should Dundee be reading into the the second leg of the semi-final against Wraith? Uh, 1-0 defeat at Dens on, on Saturday. Now, obviously, they were 3-0 up from the first leg, so it was really just a case of, of, of getting through the game, but they'd have maybe I'd like to have won that game or, or at least played a bit better or, or, or drawn the game going into this one against Kelly, who will undoubtedly be a, a bigger test than, than Wraith Rovers. Yeah, yeah um, like I don't think James McPate will be too concerned with the, with the result on Saturday, certainly. Um, obviously, when, you know, I, I, I wasn't a pretty from Dundee, but it was pretty effective. I, I would say Wraith, Wraith got the opener in 21 minutes, a terrific, terrific goal from the lad Yvonne. Great turn and, and shot into the corner. It really was a, a, a top-class finish, but... If you look at the game, I think Dundee had the two best chances. You know, I think I think Ashcroft has a really good chance, which yeah, you know, normally tucks them away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he didn't at the weekend. And then you've got Max Anderson had a good chance as well. But Dundee Dundee saw the game out comfortably in, in the end. Um, now James McPake will see that, of course, it was comfortable in the end. But had Wraith got a second goal and they nearly did right after the score, then it would have become really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I suggest you know, Dundee might have got the shakes, but Dundee steadied themselves and, and restricted Wraith Rovers really to uh, you know very, very few chances. Very few chances. I, I, again, Adam Legsdens hasn't had uh, much to do. So they got through it and that's all they had to do. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't a great game for the viewer, but for the vast majority of uh, Dundee fans, I would suggest it was the right result and they were smiling on Saturday night because they've got by a, a, a tricky team. So it sets them up nicely for, for the game against Kelly. Um, totally different opposition, totally different test for, for Dundee. Obviously, the quality in the, in the Kilmarnock team, you would expect to be greater than that, that, that that's in the... Uh, Wraith Rovers team and probably greater than anything that they've really faced in the league certainly this season and it seems like I've been listening to wee bits and bobs on the TV by pundits and the vast majority of pundits are suggesting that you know Kelly, Kelly will be favourites and it'll be beyond Dundee I and mean, then you look at guys like say, sort of Lafferty, Burke, Kelly, Power and that, they have got they have got decent players but they're down there for a reason they've not been good enough this season and so yeah. you look at I mean Dundee played St Johnston in the Cup just a, just a few weeks ago um, you know, and I don't think that uh, anyone could say that St Johnston ran over the top of Dundee. Now, I would suggest that St Johnston are a far better team than Kilmarnock, and, and their, their, their record this season suggests that. Now, Dundee shouldn't be getting themselves too concerned about Kelly. I think Dundee have got to concentrate on themselves. Um, what will be interesting, and George touched on it a wee bit, is, is how Dundee, I think, set up on on Thursday. Um, against Wraith Rovers, Dundee sat in quite tight, and it, it worked a treat. I would suggest that they can't really afford, afford to do that against. I'm not saying they're going to come out and open up against Kilmarnock, but Kilmarnock have more quality than uh, Wraith, and I, I don't think you want to be inviting balls into your box uh, when you when you're up against guys like Kyle Lafferty, etc. So I would suggest Dundee should be more on the front foot um, against uh, Kelly when they come to Dens on Thursday night. I'll, that may depend on who's fit. It's a big gamble. Hopefully Fontaine, is, as George says, Fontaine will be fit. He would come come in and then you push McGee into midfield. Um, 
would you, would you, if Marshall was fit, do you, do you push him back in? Cammy Kerr's been doing quite well at, at left back, more than well. Yeah. He's been doing it excellently, but we know what, what Marshall offers going forward. But it's it's a gamble. Is James McPay ready, ready to take that gamble? Um, I suppose you could stick him on. If, if things went pear-shaped and you had to go off, then, you know, you, you do have Cammy Kerr there. If, I mean, you might, you might decide to switch Cammy Kerr over right back because he's been doing doing quite well and leaving Christy Yeah. The other side of the coin is you obviously you, you bring Fontaine back you're put, you, McGee's got to go into midfield I think he's got to play who's getting dropped out of that team now if you, if you take Max Anderson out then you're, you're losing a bit, a bit of legs I mean you know in the team and you know you end up with guys like sort of Charlie Adam Paul McGowan and, and Sean Byrne and while they're, they're very experienced players the, the movement in the team in the, in the team um, isn't so good, I don't think. So a lot, of, a lot of sort of decisions for James McPake uh, to make. I think if you're going to do like a like for like switch, like McGee for Anderson's probably the most natural because they are yes. more yeah. more energetic. I would agree with that. Yeah, more more box to box. I think Sean Burns maybe the one that suffered um, most in that midfield this season in terms of having to ride the pine more more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, getting getting left out and maybe he should stay in. I think he's actually. Um, more important to the side than a lot of people give him credit for. So, no, you're definitely right. There's big decisions um, to be made for for James McPake. To, to be honest, I th- I think um, all being well and everybody being fit, I think the team that played race in the first leg would be his team with Jordan Marshall at left back. I think possibly Cami at right or, or Christy. But I think the rest of the team would be that. That'd be what he'd want. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the, the first leg. Now, who 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 would who would sit out then, George? I, th- I think Max Anderson. Well, be twelve would play. men, but have you, have you <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. Well, he can try and play twelve if he wants, but you know, that'll give men. you a chance. Hey, they're they're a novel idea. <laughs> hey? Let's give that one a go. I, I, I think maybe maybe young Max on the bench uh, mm-hmm. just for because McGee's McGee's still still quite young. He's twenty four, but he's quite experienced. Yes. For the clubs and, and he's been game. he's been an outstanding player for Dundee over the last wee while as well, you know. So yeah, and it would be harsh on on, on young Max, but I think he he'd be a great option off the bench as well. He's as as he did against Wraith in the, in the first leg. I think yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that'd be the team he'd, he'd, he'd want in an ideal mm. world. We'll have to wait and see how fit the two boys are. Mm. We joke about twelve men, but with. Dundee having what five hundred fans in the end oh, on Thursday night. What a segue! Will that make a difference? Stress. Will they? <laughs> will they be the twelfth man? I know, George. I know. Well, the big question there: Have you had your phone call? Season ticket holder for decades. No, I'm still waiting, George. <laughs> well, apparently, as 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 we're recording, they're still they're still to attract people down. Apparently, I'm sitting by the phone. I'm still waiting. If there's anyone out there from Dens and there's still tickets, I'm I'm still waiting for. for I mean, maybe that maybe they've just mislaid my number. <laughs> they could always email me gfinn at dcthompson.co.uk. <laughs> no, Love unfortunately, I, I don't have one. I don't have one. And Callum, you're like the purest side of me says it's brilliant, brilliant to have the have the fans back, and you're seeing it across the country now, and it is. It's it's absolutely magic. But I'm just concerned. The concerned side of me says, how long is it before? <laughs> the punter start giving the players stick on the park, you know, just back, and you know you hear it because you, you'll hear it because you, boo, boo. yeah, get off, you rubbish, and maybe not supply terms sort of thing, eh? So that's part and parcel of football, is, and it's great, it's great to have them back. Uh, you could see, I'd watching particularly watching match of the day uh, on Tuesday night. You could see the difference it made for home teams. I'm thinking of Brighton against uh, against Man City. You could see the lift. Mm. The players just seem to run faster when there's a crowd behind them so hopefully that that really 
shows on on Thursday night at Dens, and then maybe doesn't show on Monday night if if Kilmarnock are unhappy about things. Yeah, um, well, well, you're right. Hopefully, um, eight fifteen kickoff on on Thursday night. Hopefully, a good uh, number of dark blues in the stands. Hopefully, Bears there as well, or. You know, if he does get to go, hopefully we've got we've got cover on the sport desk that night for uh, <laughs> someone <laughs> George to send his copy to someone. Um, but George Dundee will want to 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 get a result at home. It's important to do that on Thursday night. Get a lead to take down to Rugby Park on Monday night. Well, it was quite it's quite interesting reading uh, Lee Wilkie's column because he he suggested he thought that it might actually suit Dundee better if. If it was just a, like an ill-nil kind of forgettable draw in the first game, and then they could go into the second leg as a as a kind of one-off final, he's he's not so sure that Dundee going to come on it with the lead to protect would suit them. Which I, I think I kind of I can I can see where he's coming from. Um, yeah. In, in terms, of, there have been times, obviously, a few times this season where Dundee haven't held on to leads, uh, big leads at times. Uh, so. He, he thought that it might suit their mindset and their kind of squad better if they're going into it as just a one-off, all-or-nothing game down at Rugby Park. Um, yeah, but then you're not going to say if Dundee if Dundee aren't going to say no. Uh, we don't want to win this game, are they? So uh, that, the main thing is for me that they're still very much in the tie in the second leg, and and they've shown recently that they like playing on the Arsenal turf as well. And away from home, their away record's very good. So for me, as long as there's one goal in it, I think Dundee are, are should be feeling good about themselves going down to Rugby Park. That's what I was going to say. I mean, they're, they're quite good on Astro this season. They've improved a lot on that surface, which is good. Um, are Kelly going to have fans at Rugby Park on Monday, George? I assume so. I think it's only Glasgow, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. Out of the uh, so, as, as far as I'm aware, I think there'll be fans there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. Good. I mean, if, if obviously if they didn't have fans, it wouldn't have made. So much difference if they went down there, um, not in the lead. But if Kelly are going to have fans there, it does give them a wee advantage, you'd imagine. Um, so it would be good for Dundee to go down there with something to yeah. you know, either defend or try and build on. But um, in terms of this city, in terms of the two clubs, two teams, one street, we really want Derby's back, don't we, Bear? I mean, this is the thing for us on this podcast. If Dundee can get promotion, fantastic for the club, but also fantastic for football in this city. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're such fantastic occasions, Carl. I mean, unfortunately, the last the last one we had was in the in the, in the championship, you know. But yeah. they were all all the, all the games against United under Robbie when he was bringing his team up. They were all great. They were you know big crowds, almost sellouts. They're just great, great occasions, and hopefully, you know, we'll get the fans all back by that point in time, you know, and and you know you you, you will be able to you know pack them all in, and, and derbies are. Are, are great games and especially if you win them <laughs> there's, no, there's no better feeling um, but it's something that we've all missed and I think it adds to the spectacle of the, the, the premiership as well I mean it, you've got to be in there on merit Callum I'm not saying because Dundee as a city club we should have derbies every season you're in there on merit but if you got Dundee back up there then you'd have your your three big city derbies if you like it you know you'd yeah. have your, your old firm Hearts, Hibs and, and Dundee and Dungeon and I don't think we've had that for, for quite a while now so that would I'm sure that uh, Sky Television would be, uh, Sky Sports would be quite <laughs> chuffed about that you know with the, the, the contract yeah. you know for the derby matches as well so yeah 
you do that, that that's one thing we all live for the derbies so yeah that would be something I really look forward to and hopefully James McPake and his team can do it and we can get them back no doubt Sky will be delighted to, to get the derbies back if, if that does happen but um, I'm not sure the fans will be too happy with the way Sky go about putting their graphics up for the games with all the wrong badges and all that so <laughs> like Dundee v Dundee United and it's like a Lockheed United and a downfield badge and you're just saying what is going wrong here they're after, they're after not these boys um, one last bit of business to wrap up before we move on Dundee have launched a new kit um, for next season. Personally, I think it looks smashing, but what do you think, boys? George, do you like it? New home kit for 2021-22? Yeah, I really like it. I think it's, it's really smart. I, I much prefer it to the one they've been wearing this season. Uh, yeah, I, I was interesting to see them unveil it in what looked like a basement or something. I know it's the back, the, the back of the stand. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was... Uh, I, I could see what they were going for, but I, I'm not sure. It, it looked like it, they were going for like a gritty US drama uh, plug or something. <laughs> one of these photos, but I don't, I don't think they quite managed it with Jordan McGee. Uh, but the, the the shirt looks, it's cracking. I like the postcode on the back of the the neck detail. Oh, that was good because like it's like if someone loses their kit, if someone loses their kit, or or even a player gets lost himself, <laughs> they know exactly where to return yep. it. Do you know what I mean? If like. <laughs> You know, you know. I don't know. Jordan Marshall runs a bit too far, trying to chase down a ball, and ends up <laughs> out on Sandman Street. They know where to send him yeah. when he gets lost running the boat. It's like it's a bit, a bit of a return post, isn't it? You know, if, if lost, send yeah. back to this address. Yeah. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, what can you do? It's, it's difficult. It's blue. It's white. You know, they've, they've got a nice wee bit of uh, actual sky blue in there as well, and that's that's sort yeah. of a throwback to yeah. when the Benetti's were here and we had the, the Argentina contingent, um, all the Argentinian players. Um, and uh, they had a strip which which mirrored that as well, like you know, like the Argentina top. Um, so the, the, they've brought that back in, which is which is quite nice. But I always think it's not about the kit; it's about the, about the men who are in the kit, Callum. That's what it's all about. So um, absolutely, yeah. So I'll I'll get myself done for for an extra large one. Yeah, an extra large. <laughs> yes. I quite feel you're more, more of a skinny chap than that bear, but all right, fair enough. Well, lockdown hasn't been kind to me, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie me. I like the, the little Argentine link. I mean, if, if Lionel Messi's looking for a way out of Barcelona this summer, he knows where to go. You know, it'd be good to see. Absolutely. More than welcome. Absolutely. I mean, if you can get Kinija, why not? Why not? Um, okay, right. That's enough Dundee for one day. Let's skip over the street and talk a little bit about United. Yes, the season is over for the Tangerines. Um, it's probably been over since they got knocked out of the Scottish Cup, if we're being honest, but... Um, they brought the curtain down on their first season back in the Premiership since 2016 with a 0-0 draw against St Mirren in Paisley on Sunday. It means United finish ninth. Bear, is that a good season for Mickey Mellon's terrors or not? Um, yes, I think it is. I think, I think it's acceptable, Calm. I think if you'd asked any United fan at the start of the season, you, will you take ninth? Yes, they would have with, with open arms. and Or if they'd been... You know, involved in that playoff scrap, uh, uh, so relegation scrap. You know, they would have accepted ninth, but the fact that they just missed out on the top six, it's, it's probably a wee bit of disappointment. A wee bit of disappointment, I think. You know, that yeah. they've actually they've actually ended ended up ninth. Um, so, you know, overall, I, 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 the jury's out on that one. Really, I, I think the game at St. Mirren was a it was a nothing game, and it was. A, I mean, obviously, St. Mirren wanted to finish in, in seventh, then, but uh, and they did. 
Uh, they did well done, and, yep. and yeah, yep. and well, yeah, I've got to say, well, well played to Jim, Jim Goodwin. He's he, he's done well this season when you look at uh, you know the, the cup runs, etc., and, and getting them to that sort of position in the league. But we're not here to talk about St. Man Callum, so that's enough of that. Let's get back on, let's get two teams, one state. We're all about Dundee, Absolutely. and it was a typical United performance, wasn't it? You know, it's they, they, they get a hard earned point at the end of the day, but again, lacking in goals, a good chance for Lawrence Shanklin, which. Sorry, Lawrence Shankland, 18 months ago, buries that, you know, a header in that sort of area, puts it in the back of the net. It's just not really happened for him this season. Um, so, yeah, dis- disappointing in that respect. The good thing was they managed to get a few young lads on the park again and they all look pretty lively. Yeah. Logan Chalmers looks as though he's got something. I, I really like him. He came and he was a wee bit unlucky with one effort. Um, but he looks as though he's back to fitness and probably the season's just ended at the wrong time for him because he looks as though he, he could do another five or six games, you know, uh, we run in the team but that'll come for him next season there is no doubt about that and there's one or two others as well who are knocking at the door very strongly now um, and uh, next season promises big things for them at Dundee United I'm sure Yeah and as much as you mentioned Shanklin missing that glorious opportunity and there was a couple others as well having Chalmers in the team having Louis Apere having Robson and Smith playing the way they did against St Mon, getting up the flanks yep. and actually giving them service it's what he's been crying out for all season isn't it just having something to get his head or his his foot on, he's just maybe a bit sort of rusty in that position because he's not had that kind of delivery most of this season. Yeah, we, we touched on that we? all season and I, I think there are mitigating circumstances and, you know, I, I go, but I'm, go, I'm going to jump back across to the other side of the street here. Over the last few games, we've not seen much of Jason Cummings for Dundee. Yeah. And I think that's for the, exactly the same reason because Dundee have been playing a slightly different style and they're not bombing up and down the flanks and putting lots of balls into the box and getting service in there. And Jason Cummins has been starved. And we've not seen uh, we've not seen so many goals from him either or chances. And that's that's what Lawrence Shankland and, and you know McNulty as well at Tannery have had to, had to put up with this season, which is which is unfortunate for him and unfortunate for um his his chances of getting a place in the, the Scotland squad for for the Euros, as we'll touch on later. Um yeah, disappointing. Disappointing for him, but Positives for United, you've got to look on the positive side. You got they got the youngsters on the park, and none of them really look as though they're they're off the pace here at that at that level. You know whether they can do it week in week out, whether they're asked to do it week in week out next season, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But they're all going to get their chance, that's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned the young players. Um, George just speaking to Lee Wilkie this week for his column, and he was really impressed with Kerr Smith, the young centre half. He he reckons he's got kind of all the attributes needed to 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 go to the top of the game. We we know there's been interest from. Premier League clubs down south and um, you know it remains to be seen what happens with him this summer but he's, he's certainly made a wee impression in the last few games yeah I mean was he 16 yeah 16 playing at centre half in the Scottish Premiership I mean that, that tells you that there's certainly something there because um, we've seen in the past where young players they might get played at full back or whatever just to, to kind of mm-hmm. take the pressure off them a wee bit but no st- stuck straight in there and I think that's a really good sign for, for United and for, for the young lad as well um, he's obviously trusted he's got the mentality to be able to step into the first team and, and show what he can do and uh, I kind of agree with what Bear's saying about Logan Chalmers I think he's I think United have missed him so much this season Um with his injury, I think he could have been that missing link between the middle of the park and the strikers, as you said, that have kind of not had too many chances to, to feed off. Um, but I, it, it felt, it kind of summed up the season, I think. 
the the result or yeah. no no result for United. Just to, not quite happening at, at the front end, but they picked up a result and then they got the job done in terms of the entire season. Um, but I, th- I think big summer, obviously ahead, we're probably going to go on and talk about the, the manager situation and stuff. But that, mm-hmm. figuring out how to balance the team a bit more uh, in terms of the attack and, and being more of a threat and and hunting teams a bit more, I think, is, is going to be a big part of next season, particularly when hopefully we should have uh, fans back in the stands. And I'm sure they'll let their uh, feelings known perfectly clear if, if they're not enjoying what they're watching. Yeah, uh, you're spot on about that, talking about what's going to happen in the future um, at Tanadice. But first, one more thing to wrap up before we move on and discuss that. Bear, um, Jamie Robinson was, was shown a straight red by referee Ewan Anderson with about 20 minutes to go in the St Martin game. Bit of a late challenge on, on Kyle McAllister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Mellon said after the game that they were horrified <laughs> by the decision. Mm-hmm. I think in real time, I mean, I was there in real time from the distance that we were at from the touchline and pretty much the same distance Mickey was at. You could see why they would maybe felt a bit aggrieved, but um, watching it back, he does catch him pretty high, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm the same, Carl. I would agree. Uh, in, in real time, I thought that's really that's really a really harsh decision. But then you see it again, and it's it is on the top of the guy's ankle. And I think it's I think it's unlucky. I think you know Jamie Robson isn't that sort of sort of player. I think his first touch was so poor that let him down. Sometimes when when you're like that, when you it's a poor first, first touch, especially as the defender, you try to make up for it by retrieving the yeah. ball. And in this instance, he's, he's caught the man and, instead of the ball. I would have thought on another day, a referee looking at the game, looking at what's going on. I know that you've got to take sort of, you didn't look at the games, you just look at the challenge effectively and say that's a red card. But looking at the last sort of game of the season, he could have quite easily just given him a yellow card and given him a stern warning, you know, or, or maybe just stood back for a second or two to, to, to see the extent of the damage to the, to the opposition player. Now, I know that that maybe sounds, wait a minute, you can't do that, but you know, I, I think it was, I think, in general, I think it it, might, it was harsh, I think, sort of five times out of ten, he might have got away with that one, but unluckily for him, it, you know, he, he's off the part, but he's certainly not a malicious player, Jamie, so you'll just have to spend a, a couple of games on the sidelines at the start of next season. <laughs> it's frustrating, isn't it, to get <laughs> sent off in the last game of the season like that, it's a, bit, yeah. it's a bit annoying, but he was having a good game up to that point, and I think, to be honest with you, he's a, maybe a wee bit of a... You see this at a lot of clubs when you get like local lads coming through the academy and um, they maybe don't kick on to be like superstars. And I think you know Jamie would admit that he's had a good career at United, but he's maybe not kicked on to the way people thought he would. But they become scapegoats a wee bit. Um, but I actually think he's had a really good season. Um, he's one mm. of the best one-on-one defenders statistically in the Premiership. So he must be doing something right. And I think he, he was yeah, having a good game. Yeah. He was having a really yeah, good game. Just I was just going to say, Carl, he's nailed down that. He's, he's still a young man, Jamie Robson, yeah. you know, so there's a bit of development there to, to go as well, but he's nailed down that left back spot in the team. I mean, for a while he was in, he was out, he was in he, under various managers, but he seems to have, he's a steady choice there, left back, and part of a really solid defensive unit, and he can take credit for, for that himself. Like So I'm sure that he'll be an integral part of that defence again next season. Yeah, I think he's done very well myself over the past couple of years. And I think it was a red card. I, I, I was quite surprised when I saw that uh, Mickey Mellon's comments after it because he managers watch the high watch the contentious points before they come out and speak to the media. So I, I'm sure he must have watched that in the video. And it was it was a bit too high for to be horrified. I think 
was, I agree with Bear though. I, I don't think it was intentional. No, definitely not intentional. I think it was. To be fair, they were out quite. Qu- they were out quite quickly um, at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, with it being the last game of the season, I think everybody just wanted up, up the road. So he maybe hadn't seen it, but um, no, it's all it's all done now. It's ancient history. It's last season. Um, looking forward, <laughs> plowing ahead for next season. <laughs> Mickey Mellon has been uh, linked with 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 yet more um, jobs down south. He was. Previously linked with last month, you remember Doncaster, um, but they've now hired Richie Wellens. That one's got kind of gone away now. Um, Tranmere Rovers have also been credited with with interest, and their former boss, obviously, um, Mickey left Prenton Park to come to Tannadice, uh just last summer. Um, but you know, having spoken to a few people and other other people in our, our team have spoken to a few people, that looks unlikely that that Mickey's going to end up there. He's said he's a hundred percent committed to. The project at Dundee United Bear, but something needs to be done really to put this to bed, don't they? They don't need this distraction yeah, going into the summer. It completely refuses to go away, and it's been it's been lingering around now for the last sort of month or so, probably a wee bit longer than that. That Mickey Mellon will be leaving in the summer, and the fact that Dundee United have really at, at boardroom level have not come out and said that Mickey Mellon will be Dundee United manager next season. Mm-hmm. You know, only as fuel to the fire sort of thing. You know, so there is speculation, and it's going to continue until they actually do that, or until Mickey Mellon uh, moves on. I mean, he certainly had a, a meeting with the players on Monday. Um, I think it was nothing more than a sort of, you know, making sure everybody had their sort of uh, fitness regimes in place for the for their their, their, their running in that over the summer and their diet sheets and things like that, so they come back in decent shape. Yeah, and say to say cheerio, but I believe he told them he'll see them in four weeks' time. So we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see where that one goes. But the rumours persist, and, and and the club are doing nothing really to sort of nail nail them down. I think if if you were sort of confident your manager was going to be there next season, someone from sort of in that boardroom would come out and say, look, we're, we're fed up with this speculation. Mickey Mellon is a Dungeon United boss now, and he will be come the first game of next season but I don't think that's happened that's not to say that it won't happen but that there's obviously things aren't quite right on both sides possibly you know um, yeah. going forward there's no smoke without fire bear that's the Absolutely. old saying isn't it? <laughs> that's, um, that's true enough. I mean um, but we'll see what happens it's certainly um, an interesting one one that United and their fans weren't resolved um, sooner rather than later yeah. For sure, um, and and not just in terms of the manager, but a few star men as well who've got a year left to run on their deals. Um, constantly been linked with clubs, Lawrence Shankland and Benjamin Segrist, George. Um, how are, how are United going to look next season? I mean, is, are are they going to be there? Is Mellon going to be there? It's 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 a you know lots of lots of questions over the next you know four five weeks before they're back in pre-season training. Yeah, to, to be honest, I'd probably be surprised if they'll, if they'll all be there. Uh, I think. Just the nature of football uh, and players have good seasons. Because I saw um, the stats for Benjamin Segrist. I think he had the most. Did he have the most saves in the SPFL last season? And, and almost he, did. he was he was near the top of the clean sheets, which tells you he's probably been the best keeper in the league. Um, which means I, I would think that people will be looking at him. Um, yeah, but it's just it's the way. United will be modelling their club these days. Is, is bring in players, develop them. And move them on. That's that's what they want to be doing. So, I'd, I would be surprised, as I say, if, if all the all the big names are still there next season. But it'd be a pleasant surprise if they are. Their, their value ultimately 
ultimately their their value is depreciating as time goes on, and they're not going to sign. Yeah. You know, with, with the best will in the world, they're unlikely to sign new contracts at United. So there's got to be a kind of jumping off point where it's like, what are we doing here? Are we trying to tie these boys down? Are we going to just keep them and, and lose out on our investment, or are we going to just going to try and cash in? Um, um, certainly a lot a lot to ponder. I think United made it made it clear, um, or the new regime made it clear that when they came in that they were linked to develop players and, and sell them on for for profit. So mm. yeah, they'll be looking looking to do that with just a year on the deals. And as you say, the players will be looking guys like Seagrass probably joined United in the, in the best will in the world. They joined United to maybe move on to. Or as a stepping a stepping stone or whatever to move on to somewhere else, yeah. um, which isn't disrespectful to United. That's just the the way of the world. Um, and what United can do is get the best out of those players while they've got them. Um, so I, it's going to be really interesting summer, I think, just to see how how things go. And I, I completely agree with it. The uncertainty doesn't help with with the manager. Obviously, they were a bit shocked last year when Robbie Nielsen left. Um, and you don't want to be changing the manager every year. That's that's one thing particularly. No. no. You want stability going forward over a number of years with it, with the right man in place. The questions are whether United feel they've got the right man in place, or if if Mickey Mellon thinks he's the right man in the right place. We're not so sure, but yeah, uh, interesting summer ahead. But one, you want to all put to bed before. Particularly before the preseason starts again, and, and kind of plans are in place for players coming in and, and and fixtures and stuff like that. So fingers crossed. Over the next couple of weeks, we, we maybe have more idea of what's what the future brings for United. But overall, the, the club's in, in good place. I think in terms of they've got themselves out of the championship. They've finished quite comfortably in the in the premiership and they'll be looking to establish themselves in the top flight and I don't see them having any trouble in doing that. Yep, one man who will definitely be there next season is uh, Mark Connolly, unfortunately. Um, he picked up a, a really nasty injury against Motherwell last midweek. Um some cruciate ligament damage right at the end of the game as well. It's uh, it's heartbreaking for him. He's gonna be out for a few months. You might not see him um in the first team picture maybe for, for a couple months at the start of the season bear, but it's been a really tough year for him in terms of not just on the pitch obviously he's, he's maybe been in and out of the team he's got his, this injury now but off the pitch as well he's had to deal with um you know the, the death of his father and, and 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 you know that that can't have been easy for him of course but um we wish him all the best don't we for for mm-hmm. coming back yeah. strong over the summer now yeah it's like sometimes the fates conspire against you isn't it he's had a really tough time of it this season mark Conley, and now obviously um there's this cruciate damage um, you, you wonder it's obviously going to keep him out for a few months but that it's, it, he's going to miss you would think at pre-season training which means that he's, he's going to be playing a wee bit of catch up the only thing I will say is Callum you, you've spoken to him a few times so you'll know better than me he's, he, he seems like a big character you know and he, he seems like the sort of guy who can who can you know he, he takes these things on the chin and you'll come back even stronger from it and I'm sure I'm sure that'll be the case and everybody obviously on Twatting's one streets wishing well and we're looking forward to seeing him back in a Dundee United ship. Yeah, no, you're right. He's definitely um the resilient sort and um he was he was just, you know, actually in touch with me yesterday to say sort of um thank you for the the kind of coverage and the, the kind words that the, the papers have extended his way over what's been quite a tough year for him. So 
Um, we do appreciate that and obviously want to extend it back to him as well um, and wish him all the best moving forward. And hopefully, you know, didn't have the best year or season, but, you know, next season should be the one or hopefully is the one for, for Mark to, to kick on and remind people exactly what he's about because he was a you know a big part of that team that got them at the championship and um, just, you know, never really got going last season for a variety of reasons. But um, there's a player in there and there's definitely a good guy there. So, you know, all the best to big cons. Um, moving on. To the last section of the show, we've got some fresh hot news for you, the Scotland squad. Yes, Steve Clark has announced his squad for Euro 2020 this summer. Of course, it's next month it all kicks off. It's just around the corner. It's amazing, really, to think um, that, you know, it's how a, a tournament build is Euro 2020 has creeped up on us in the summer of 2021, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> um, but the 26-man pool has been named. I'm just going to go through it now, um, player by player, and, and we'll have a wee chat about it, lads. Um, goalkeeping pool, we've got three. Craig Gordon, David Marshall, John McLaughlin. Defenders, Liam Cooper, Declan Gallagher, Grant, ha- Grant Hanley, Jack Hendry, Scott McKenna, Stephen O'Donnell, Nathan Patterson, Andy Robertson, Greg Taylor and Kieran Tierney. In midfield, Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Christie, John Fleck, Billy Gilmour, John McGinn, Cal McGregor, Scott McTominay and David Turnbull. Up front, Che Adams, Lyndon Dykes, James Forrest, Ryan Fraser and Kevin Nisbet. Um, the headlines for us locally, I suppose, bear. No Lawrence Shankland, no Ryan Gold and no St. Johnston players either, but what are your initial reaction and, and reflections on that, that squad announcement? Well, it's, it's a bit of a damp squeeb, as they say, uh, <laughs> Calm. although we shouldn't really expected much more. I mean, I don't think there was any, anything, going to be too many surprises. I've got to say, and, I'm, and you know, Steve Parsons, uh, sorry, Steve Parsons, Steve Clark is the manager, um, and, and he knows these players, obviously, like the back of his hand. Who is Nathan Parson? I'm I'm sorry, I just don't know this guy at all. <laughs> he's a Rangers backup right back. He's Aye. been filling in while Tavernier was injured. He's only 19. He's a kid, but to right. be fair, he's okay. he's done he's done well. He's done well, but mm-hmm. I think particularly maybe um, Sean Rooney, Liam Liam Palmer, maybe he's not in the squad. Might feel a bit yeah. aggrieved that they're not competing with Stephen O'Donnell for that sort of number two jersey. Um, Right. in the finals okay. at the summer. Okay. I apologise. I apologise to Nathan. I apologise for <laughs> profusely to Nathan. apologise to the vast hordes of Rangers fans out there. They're going to start sending me hate mail or anything like that. The new Tom Duffy. I haven't seen... No, no, no we're not going there. I haven't seen the lad actually playing. So, uh, so uh, no, good, good for him to get into the squad. But, you know, I, I just didn't know the name. Elsewhere, John McLaughlin. I mean, come on. I mean, he's... He's hardly played a game of football this year. Have you seen his stats this season? He's only considered about one goal, I think, or something. And how many games? Two. I, yeah, well, no, it's a few. Yeah, well, three. But yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't like subkeepers yeah. getting. Uh, I mean, wrinkled. I mean, I think. He, I mean, whether he works, with, I mean, imagine. I mean, that's probably the worst position to, to be in, the third choice goalkeeper in a, in a in an international squad because you're basically there just to make up the numbers. I, I would, I would expect, you know, so. I'm sure Xander Clark would be quite happy to 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 sit on his backside for a that's, few weeks. That's uh, that's one that springs to mind for me certainly. Um, you know, and that'll be disappointing for for Xander. He's not getting, not really getting a sniff, so he's just got to concentrate on his on his club form effectively. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I, I look at the midfield and I, and I like, I really like the look of all these Armstrong, Christie, Fleck, Billy Gilmore, exciting, yeah. McGinn, McGregor, McTormy, Turbo, they all look exciting players to me, but unfortunately, I think quite a few of them are off the boil a wee bit at this point in time. They look a wee bit jaded, and that could be a concern for for the manager. Um, good to see Jack Henry in. Good to see Scott McKenna, who's a, who's a Kerry lad. Um, you know, Declan Gallagher, who was obviously had a, had a spell at, at, at Dens Park. But it looks to me as though it's a team that, um, you know, they're not built for scoring goals. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to see a Scotland team that's going to be built and made diff- difficult to beat, which isn't a bad place to come from. Um, but given the fact we've got a couple of games at Hamden Park, I think we can honestly believe, that, you know, and especially if we get fans inside the stadium, although obviously it's going to be limited, but hopefully we'll get a few in there to make a bit of noise. We can beat anybody, and we've proved that in the past at Hamden. Yeah. You know, so ho- hopefully, uh, Steve Clark's quite good at, m- at putting a team formation out there where you think, oh, he's set up defensively, but he finds a way to get goals. So hopefully that's the case. It, just on uh, John McLaughlin, be- before we move on, sorry. Yeah. It's John McLaughlin's stats this season. He's played 14 games. He's had 12 clean sheets. Hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. My point was going to be, we can sit and cry all day about third-choice keepers you know, John Flecker or Ryan Gold or, you know, the fifth choice striker or a backup right back. It's like these boys aren't going to play anyway, probably. And the yeah. with the best mm-hmm. one in the world, three, maybe four games we're going to get at the Euros if we can, you know, um, magically get out of the group. Yeah. Yeah. At the, the bottom line of it, we know our, our strongest team probably. We're missing Ryan Jack. Yeah. We're missing Kenny McLean, Ollie McBurney. They're injured. But still, we've got our strongest players there for me. Your John McGinn's, mm-hmm. your Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, Robertson's your Tierney's, your David Marshall's. Yeah. Um, we've just got to go and, and support the team now and just enjoy this moment. You know, first major finals in 23 years. It's it's generational for people like me anyway. Um, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they could, have, they could have called up Bear as the third choice keeper and I wouldn't have cared. Do you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think you're, you're bang on there, Calm, because I don't think any of those players that are missing would have been in the starting 11. Maybe Ryan Jack. Yeah. But I think in central midfield we're pretty strong anyway. I think yeah. that's probably the strongest part of the entire squad. So yeah, you you touched on Ryan Gold as well. Like I mean, when you look at that midfield, that is, you know, who's who's going to sit out for Ryan Gold? And I think just just on the Nathan Patterson thing, I think obviously there is now a case. Just like any, I mean, Steve Clark, well, he's looking at the Euros. He's also looking further ahead down the line. The World Cup qualifiers that will be coming up. He's also, you know, so he's got to cover an eye on who's coming through. Bolly Gilmore has been outstanding at Chelsea when he's been on that part. Yeah. Nathan Parts has obviously done well for Rangers, although, apologies, I haven't really seen him play. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you need to get these guys, you need to get these guys involved, Callum. You need to get these guys involved yeah. at this level so that hopefully when their turn comes around, they're not in awe of going to a, a major championship. And I think that's, that's a good thing, you know. I think it's like, it's no coincidence that we've got, what, a 26-man squad, it was 23, and those three extra places are being filled up essentially by Nathan Patterson, Billy Gilmore, David Turnbull, three guys, uncapped, young players, like you say, George, mm-hmm. for the future. I don't know about yeah. Ronaldo's, but certainly really talented <laughs> players. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high bar to set them, I suppose. Um but no, I think the right back slots up for up for grabs. I think Stephen O'Donnell's done great. I think he's uh, um, he's made himself in an international player. I would say um, he's and he's he's done a great job for us. But I think that the potential's there for some, somebody to overtake him. Um, and I th- what I've seen from Nathan Patterson, I think he's he's got a future in him. Uh, 
as long as he stays away from uh, partying too much at the wrong time. <laughs> um, but I'm a big fan of David Turnbull. I think he's been he's been Celtic's one shining light. I think this season, and Billy Gilmore's getting games for Chelsea, and they're in the Champions League final. So it's it's really hard to disagree with yeah. any of the things. Um, mm-hmm. I, my worry, I, you mentioned it before, Bear, about goals up front. I think yeah, what Dykes is our top scoring striker, yeah. and he's got two. What, what I would say on that point, George, is that you know you look at the forwards. We need to find one of these front men: Chi Adams, Lyndon Dykes. Kevin Nisbet, more so than Brian Fraser and James Forrest. Those three, Adams, Dykes, Nisbet, somebody has to have a purple patch at the right time yeah. during those two weeks. Definitely. Somebody has, because I, I've, we're not going to have a lot of chances, but when they come along, we're going to have to take them. So hopefully somebody's bang on form. I like it. We were speaking earlier, and I, I, I like what I've seen at Adams. I haven't seen a lot of them, but I've been impressed. Um, he's certainly got pace and he's got strength. So I'm just hoping that, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for them as well. Like say Kevin Nisbet put himself in the shop window. Kevin Nisbet is hoping, I mean, he's done well for Hibs, you know, and he, he said that, but he, he's also said that he's wanting to move on to bigger things. When, and then mm-hmm. the way to do that is do well for Scotland at the Euros, you know, get get yourself on the score sheet against bigger teams. And, you know, I think it was it was Birmingham City was, they were looking at to take Kevin Nisbet. Well, I would suggest if he does well at the Euros, it'll be bigger clubs in Birmingham City that will be looking at. We've spoken about Lawrence Shankland a wee bit, but... Um... Lee Griffiths, Ollie Buck, Callum Patterson, they're the other kind of guys that Clark has called on down the years. Um, could any of them feel aggrieved to have missed out for you, George? I mean, Lee Griffiths is maybe the more obvious one. Yeah, well, I think in, in a perfect world, I would I would absolutely 100% have Lee Griffiths in the squad, but he's not he's not featuring for Celtic. There's something just obviously not happening for, for Lee Griffiths at the moment. Um and I mean, we're missing Andy Constantine. How can we boogie without Andy Constantine? What's going on? <laughs> that is the real, um, you know, uh, bottom line of this, isn't it? It's, that's the, exactly. That's what I'm really most sad about. Um, yeah. No Andy Constantine. <laughs> no boogieing. What's the point? Especially, yeah. Especially if it's, it was his ghetto blaster. You know, he broke it along. <laughs> he had the tape and everything. You know. We'll need to get somebody else to bring the music along after the game. But uh, it's a disappointing for Andy, although I think Andy, you know, deep down would have would have thought he was he only had an outside chance of actually making it into the pool. But he did he yeah. did re- remarkably well. And it was a fine way. I mean, he's in the latter stages of his career to go and get caps and he never let anyone down and he'll always have that that sort of memory. And I'm sure that song is going to be getting blasted at Hamden <laughs> Park over the next eh, the next few months. Um so yeah, disappointing for him, obviously. We've spoken about uh, Shanklin disappointing for him, but I think, in fairness, you know that, that they're all sort of they were all a wee bit behind it, these players that, that have been getting picked. Yeah. I think Steve Clark's stuck with it, stuck with what he knows. A few youngsters, and they'll give it a right good go. No, I was just going to say, I think uh, Shanklin was it was head to head with this, but I think over the season and the Hibsman's. Hibsman's take it and won that race I think uh, Shanklin needed some more goals uh, particularly in the second half of the season uh, I think he just fell a wee bit short but um, the only thing I would say about Callum Parson so can I jump in here George yeah, yeah, yeah. Callum Parson is a guy who can play all over the park that's, that's the only thing I would say although when you've got a squad that size <laughs> you've, you're basically well covered in every area but Callum Parson could, play, could go up top you know could play in the heart of defence could play at full back and things like that and he's got a You've got a decent weapon way along throwing as well, but you've got such a big squad there. All, all the bases are covered, surely. I mean, twenty 
I mean, many games, the guaranteed three games, hopefully there'll be more, but, uh, you know, when you've got 26 men there, you know, he's got he's got plenty of room for manoeuvre there. Let's just hope that, for me, Kieran Tierney stays fat between now and the end of the season. There's <laughs> much more to go. Um, and possibly Andy Robertson as well. Although Tierney, over the last few while, has been quite simply outstanding. And, you know, you bracket him now as one of the top, top players in, in European football. A ghetto blaster. I mean, that just shows you how long it's been since we've been at the... A major finals. I mean, twenty-three years, but I think it's even gone. in even in the... even in nineteen ninety-eight, I don't think that was the cutting edge of technology. Right. But there you go. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just surprised that I'm surprised that Douglas and Sunis haven't been picked in the squad. But there you go. It's up to Steve Clark. <laughs> Where's Billy Bremner? <laughs> That's the one. Ah, That's the one. I've only he yep. scored that night against Brazil, Callum. I know. Nineteen seventy-four. He was only a yard out. Honestly, it was Scotland against Brazil in the World Cup. Nothing's up. Billy, the ball fell to Billy Bremner's feet. He was a yard out. And he, rumour has it, he looked around to see if he could find somebody to kick before he knocked the ball over the line. And the chance, <laughs> the chance was gone. The chance was gone. What a player. The memory lingers on, Callum. Never goes. We better wrap things up before Bears. Uh, Old timers kicks in any more strongly than it is right now. So, um, <laughs> Thank you all once again for listening. Um, and do... Tune in next week when I'm sure we'll have um, a resolution on Dundee's season, certainly, and uh, plenty more to look forward to. Um, but yeah, take care. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>